Ladies and gentlemen of the press, Honorable Deputy Minister of Health, Directors of Ministry of Health and Ghana Health Service, Reps from WHO, Distinguished Health Professionals, good morning. First, let me say that we like to apologize that this morning couldn't take a lot of your calls. But to, to us, our priority was to have this press briefing, and after that, we could discuss issues. We are grateful to have you here this morning to brief you on the Benghazi situation in Ghana. Since we just came from the field, I'll say that we are privileged that we went to draw our food and then no privilege. Meningitis is actually an inflammation of the meninges, which is a covering of the brain and spinal cord. It's most often caused by infection that is viral, fungal, or bacteria. Bacterial meningitis is caused by several bacterial pathogens, like Nicaea meningitis, Strep pneumonia and hemophilus influenza type B represent the triad causing 80% of all cases of bacterial meningitis. Outbreak due to meningococcal meningitis remains a major public health challenge in the meningitis world. The recurrent meningitis outbreaks in Ghana 
particularly in the Northern region, led to the conduct of a mass preventive medicine campaign in the country in the year 2012 to address the birth of Group A meningococcus. Group A meningococcus was accounting for an estimated 80 to 85 percent of all cases in country, with epidemics occurring at intervals of 7 to 14 days, 14 years. Following the successful conduct of the mass preventive campaign in the three northern regions, the proportion of meningococcus serogroup A has declined dramatically in the country. And as a, now the occurrence of meningitis outbreaks due to other serotypes, as well as other bacteria, which are now of a new concern. Additionally, outbreaks due to strep pneumonia have also become more pronounced and a public health threat which demands effective preparedness and response strategies. There have been several seasonal reports of meningitis in Ghana, normally during the dry season of October to March. During these periods, with relative low humidity and abundance of dust, individuals become susceptible to meningitis infection. Meningitis is some, somewhat endemic in the three endemic regions of Ghana. Because meningitis is somewhat endemic in Ghana, report of one case does not constitute an outbreak, though enhanced surveillance is required to prevent additional cases. Meningitis cases are usually monitored by what we call alerts and epidemic thresholds, which are determined using the population of the locality. The introduction of the meningitis vaccine, climate change with subsequent extension of drought areas, increased mobility of population, and the introduction of new strains of organisms into populations are accounting for the new change in the epidemiology of the disease and how it is occurring. Let me give you a little picture of the birth of meningitis from 2010 to 2015. For the year 2010, we had 1,164 cases and then 128 deaths. 2011, 70, 790 cases, 104 deaths. 2012, 956 cases, 90 deaths. 2013, 4 cases, 41 deaths. 2014, 477, 39 deaths. 2015, 315, 33 deaths. The idea is that it's affecting a, a situation of an epidemic, or actually an endemic situation in Ghana. What is the current situation? An outbreak of meningococcal meningitis occurred in December 2015 in Gohani and Saakwa communities in Tain district of Gohanfo, during which initially 31 persons were affected of which nine died. The causative organism was confirmed as strep pneumonia. Response, response measures were initiated and the outbreak abated. Following this, there have been increased reports of meningitis cases due to the same organism in Wanchi, Techman North, Gaza South, and Atebubu districts in the Brown region. Bali district, also in the, in the northern region, has also recorded strep pneumonia. Other districts have reported cases of Nigeria meningitis. W135, namely Tetiman Municipal, Sene West in Brahafo, and Sola Tuna Kaba in the North region. These focal outbreaks bring to the fore the challenging epidemiology of meningitis in the country. These have been challenge, challenging gaps in preparedness and response of the health system to outbreaks. Ashanti region has reported seven cases, which is not very different from the numbers recorded in 2015. I want to stress Ashanti region has recorded seven cases which is not different from the numbers recorded in 2015. These reported cases are actually sporadic cases, and they are from six districts in the region, including the District of Offensive Municipal, Offensive North, 
Asante Akin Central and Adansi South. I want to state that currently there is no outbreak of anxiety in Asante. Organisms actually isolated in the region are Nicaea meningitis type C, which is very different from meningococcal meningitis. The bearing of this current outbreak um, um, is seen here. We have cases from Atebubu, Doma, Kintapo North, Nkwana South, Sene West, Siani Municipal, Time, Fetima Municipal, Fetima North, Wenji, and the total as at yesterday was 153 and 33 deaths, with a case fatality of 21.6%. Bali has reported 16 cases with four deaths, and the last case was reported four days ago. In total, as I said, there were there are 153 cases and 33 deaths. This figure may change with time. These figures are based on two issues, retrospective and new cases. Retrospective in the sense that the team went around to do an investigation and revise the case definition and we have to report new cases. So they are not new cases, they are cases that were actually existed. These are cases, these are cases in this total which actually tested negative for meningitis. Let me say that the one with the three, there are cases within that one with three that tested negative for meningitis. So we said there are no meningitis cases. For our concept is to address the burden, not just the numbers. We are addressing the challenge. I want to assure Ghanaians that the Ministry of Health, Ghana Health Service, and its partners will do all it takes to halt the outbreak with your support. I'm saying with your support. Ministry of Health anticipates meningitis outbreaks, particularly during the dry periods of the year. In this regard, there is a plan on surveillance, case management, laboratory, and public education. And a number of activities are taking place already. It's not because of this outbreak. Health alert was sent to health facilities with respect to, as a reminder of their season. Normally, after October, we are reminded that we are entering the season, particularly in the northern regions. A live listing of suspected cases and a monitoring of alert and epidemic thresholds. This one is being underlined. For meningitis, we are not looking at one case as an outbreak. So we monitor what we call alert and epidemic threshold. Provision of laboratory regions. Here we are using one called pastorates. And this has already been supplied to the regions. There's a orientation of health staff, including case definitions. But let me say that normally the people in the three of regions where disease is very common are more concerned with these case definitions. Stockpile of drugs, including antibiotics and IV fluids, making vaccines readily available. And then support the district with funding. For this outbreak, the earlier ones, for this outbreak, like the earlier ones in Ashanti. 2008 and 2011, which I'll say I'm, I'm privileged to be part, the index case of suspicion involved was very low. This is due to the fact that not too common, this is due to the fact that this disease is not too common in these regions. As a result, the number of cases were missed and treated as malaria, particularly at the peripheral clinics. Normally, you're looking at fever, headache, and neck pain. For Ghana, it's malaria. So for periphery, where you are looking at community of nurses, it's malaria. Also, population in Barbo is less immune to the circulating pathogens on the northern regions, and that they are easily affected and then infected. What interventions are taking place since the outbreak started? We are looking at it at the district, region, and national. At the district and region, there have been several meetings of regional and district epidemic management committees involving MPs, 
DCs, collecting directors, regional ministers, and other key stakeholders. Public education, though not maximum, but there's a lot of education on radio announcements, community debates, and meetings. There's orientation of community-based civilized volunteers. Where the case is coming from are deprived communities, whereby you need the volunteers. Training of health staff on case management and case definitions. As I said, medicine is you, you diagnose what is common. So because meningitis is not very common in certain areas, people will go for malaria. So there have been orientation in that perspective. Treatment of all cases in all facilities is free of charge. Underline, free of charge. As the case search has been done in communities and health facilities using case definitions. And then laboratory testing of all samples to get the causative organism. For meningitis, you can suspect but you need to have a definitive diagnosis using a lama quanta. At the national level, on the instructions of the Minister of Health, the Deputy Minister of Health, the DG of Ghana Health Service, and the Director General and the Director of Public Health spent a working week from the 11th to 15th of January visiting the meningitis prone three northern regions and Broaho. They had discussions with the Epidemic Management Committees and staff to address existing concerns and also assess the situation and report back. Following that the minister was briefed and he joined the exit meeting of senior health officials in Broadway by telephone where he announced that he had authorized the release of 150,000 Ghana cities and 1,500 vials of medication to the affected areas to address the outbreak. The funds and medication have been received by the regions and duly distributed. We took part in the distribution and that included bullet to control the activities. In addition, the Ministry of Health has provided intravenous fluids, gloves, and other logistics to support regional activities in the um, outbreak control. The regional minister has also directed National Health Insurance Authority to give priority in the payment of insurance claims submitted by health facilities managing the case of meningitis. Following this, a team led by myself, head of surveillance, and other epidemiologists, including my colleague here, and lab experts were in Broadfoo region and Norfolk region for three main reasons. To estimate the burden of the outbreak, what is the magnitude? Understand the region's response, assess the possibility of spread and make recommendations. So these findings and recommendations have been shared with the Deputy Minister, who is the Instant Commander of Public Health Emergencies in Ghana, and the Minister of Health. So we can advocate for more resources to totally put an end to this outbreak. For this outbreak, we are not alone. We have been involving key technical partners. That's why Dr. Salian is sitting here. The WHO has been involved in the measures to control this outbreak. We are actually having a technical meeting right after this press briefing to review the national response and the findings of the national team. The meeting, which is being hosted by WHO, tells you the involvement of technical partners. WHO has provided a number of laboratory equipment, including the test kits, for the diagnosis of meningitis, and we will be receiving more consignment from the Afro office. Actually, this is actually through the initiative of the Deputy Minister of Health. We actually, WHO actually is a lead agency in our preparedness and response to meningitis outbreaks. The Center for Disease Prevention and Control, CDC Atlanta, has also provided primers for the complementary testing of samples to be done in Tamale. They are further going to support us to do stereotyping of the causative organism in this outbreak. What is the expectation? We are expecting that with increasing awareness, as you are getting here, we'll be seeing more cases due to improved reporting and high index of suspicion on the side of clinicians.
currently a lava puncher is done for any suspected case. The weather is harsh and makes it ideal for the occurrence of sporadic cases. But with, with, but with enhanced surveillance, cases will be detected early and managed with available appropriate antibodies for favorable health outcome. The orientation of health volunteers in the communities to report or alert and all unexplained deaths will further ensure better reporting. I will conclude by saying that there are reported cases of Benghat in seven districts in Buanafu and two in North Region. The highest case loads are in Wenchi, Tain, Tetiman, Tetiman Municipal, and Tetiman North. The cases in Bole have actually reduced. The last case was about four days ago. Districts in Buanafu and North Region are on the high alert. The national and regional response has been good in the area of community and facility surveillance, case management, advocacy, but we have challenges with inadequate laboratory support. I want everybody to know that we suspect meningitis in any person who has fever or headache and any of the following, neck pain, neck stiffness, convulsions, confusion, and bulging and chia fontanel for children and the world. Or when there's an unexplained death, I want all of us to know that in this era of meningitis outbreak, we should avoid overcrowding, particularly avoid infected persons who are sneezing and coughing. Drink a lot of water and have improved ventilation. Try to open your windows in your rooms. Report your nearest health facility if you have a fever, headache, and neck pain. On that note, I thank you very much. Thank you very much. I told you it's going to be more difficult. But let me just a lot of years. We have a lot of public health experts here, uh, epidemiologists and all others here, including our own deputy minister, as you are aware. It will help you break them down, I know. We'll not take questions. You identify yourself in the house. You answer questions. Thank you very much. Now, listening to you, Doctor, I realize 
the disease is more stationed in the northern zone of the country. Why is this so? And also, what measures are, are we putting in place to prevent it from coming down south? My name is Matilda. Last week, um, Friday, we spoke with the municipal director of Melbourne, and she confirmed uh, two cases and the two deaths. And from the presentation here today, uh, we are getting the full flow that Ashanti region has reported in the incident. And I want you to uh, clarify it for us and maybe there are certain questions that we do. My name is uh, David Patrick Kanye, representing Accra FM. The information I've got to Accra FM has it that uh, the Ministry of the Budget for 2016, Parliament has only provided 1%, 1 of the budget. So, how are you going to, in terms of finances, how will you, I mean, what methods are you going to put in place to cure this uh, deadly disease? I will be the final one for the first round. Okay, let me take the response. Um, thank you very much. Um, I will start and my the honorable minister will add on to it. Let me say that I think I made it clear that Ashanti has no outbreak. I didn't say Ashanti has no cases. I said Ashanti has seven cases. To say that a district has an outbreak, you need to establish 10 cases in a week in that locality. Whereby you are talking about a population of 30 to 100,000. so recorded two cases. So two cases is far less than the epidemic threshold. So offenses cannot be in an, in an outbreak, but they have cases. And as I said, meningitis occurs as sporadic at the point in time. That's why I took the place to explain the trend of diseases over the period of 2010 to 2015. So I don't think there's any um, confusion about it. Ashanti has two cases, but that is not an outbreak. Offensive, 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 two, two cases. Yes, the, you know, the latter part of the year, the same team led by the director of public health going to West Gonda district. Well, there were reports of a yellow fever diseases in that locality. In new sense, we had reports of, com of confirmed laboratory testing that in our lab here. For yellow fever, the testing is done in phases. There's a first phase that you test, and then if it's positive, you send the final testing or sample to Dakar, where you have a, a, a national collaborative center. So three cases were actually confirmed in Ghana, which you sent to um, Dakar. So those cases were investigated. In total, there are 12 cases, but only three were actually confirmed. So that's West Gonda. West Gonda does not have meningitis. There are two districts in North region that's meningitis. And that is Bole, that's Gem pneumonia, and then Sola Tuna Kaba, that's two cases of W135. So I think that is the situation. So West Gonda is for yellow fever, Bole, Sola Tuna Kaba is for meningitis. 
Bali has 16 for death. And then Sola Tunakama has four to death. You know, there's something they call the Mangatis Belt. If you look at the, the map of Africa, there's a portion moving from the west to the east. That's from Senegal or uh, Gambia, running all the way to Ethiopia. That's the uh, Mangatis Belt. It has unique properties of temperature, water levels, and the relative humidity. So these factors make it prone for you to develop cases of meningitis. And the northern part of Ghana lies in that meningitis belt. So that's why during the dry seasons of October to March, we tend to have such cases occurring. For the going further down, the, the, the climate is not very conducive to support the pathogen. So there are very few cases of, of meningitis occurring um, in, in the middle and the southern part of Ghana. But occasionally, when you have the introduction of a virulent organism, then we have an outbreak. As I said, 2008, there was one like that in Jasso, and then 2011, one in Obwasi. In, um, that is not a typical uh, finding of meningitis in country. Mainly, the meningitis pathogens are very conducive where you have high temperatures, where you have very dry weather patterns, and then drastic conditions common in the dry seasons. Yes, and what resources are being put in place? I think that my presentation. I said that almost every year there's a clear plan and a set of activities that are undertaken. And let me say that they are undertaken jointly with WHO so that we prepare to address any challenge of meningitis. So this year, a lot of interventions are taking place already. Normally, for October, a health alert is sent to the health facilities to remind them that we are entering the, we are entering the season. So you look out for fever headache and neck pain. As I told you, it is more profoundly done in the northern part of the country. So the clinicians are more alert. They can easily pick the cases. And also the awareness creation is more in the northern part of the country. So those things have been started already. The ministry has also sent some monies to the, the regions um, to support them in preparation. WHO does a lot. They produce the test kits for Meningitis, you need to be sure of the diagnosis. You can clinically suspect it, but you need to confirm. So there's a the test case that they call Pastorex. It's a rapid diagnostic test. And that one is purely provided by WHO over the period. So this year, we provided six packs that were distributed, and that what has been used in managing this outbreak. So there are clear plans that have been, that have been on course preparing us for, the, for this outbreak. But let me say that the, 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 the burden exceeded somehow expectation because as i said earlier bravo is not a typical location for meningitis so suspicion is low clinicians are suspecting malaria and they get worse before they, they think it could be um my meningitis that's what i'm coming for the high disease burden but i think that with the heightened awareness as i said we expect that case will be going up the time the case will go down and there will be no fatalities and then and then uh, increasing cases but the threat still remains so far as we are in the dry season I think that we still have to keep working on our surveillance and effective case management. Thank you very much. Just to add something on, on the issue of the resources, and then I'll touch. I, I don't know whether. Okay, let me start off on the sporadicity. I think if you go to Kolebu Hospital or Kompanochi Hospital right now, it will not be out of place to find isolated sporadic cases of meningitis. 
So I think we should not be quick to jump on the offensive cases and link it to the current outbreak. For epidemiologists, it's important because we're trying to find out whether it is spreading and whether what is happening in Ofenso is linked to that focus that we have in Broahap. So I think that's what Doctor is talking about, that at this current time, the link does not exist. Be that as it may, the district officials in Broahapu, Ashanti, the three northern regions, have now a heightened sense of suspicion so that when the cases do come up, then they will be picked quickly. Talking about the resources, um, I think let's not link what is going on in Parliament with the resources of the Ministry. I think when this thing came up, there were three things that were done very quickly. Number one was that the Minister authorized that 150,000 cities be sent to the affected um, districts. Let's also remember that when it started, the district health management teams, the regional health management team, the district assemblies quickly got on the case and were, um, they started to provide the resources to deal with it. So what we are doing is additional. The second is that he also authorized for 1,500 uh, vials of a certain antibiotic that is used to treat meningitis to be sent to the affected areas. And then thirdly, he asked that the National Health Insurance Authority prioritize payments to the affected um, facilities, the health facilities that are dealing with Pitoba meningitis. At the current time, we're also thinking of in increasing the resources to that region. And it has nothing to do with um, resources that have been given to the Ministry of Health. We have adequate resources um, to deal with it. And if we need more, we will call on, uh, on, on government to provide more. And at this stage, that, that is not an issue. Yeah, thank you very much. I just want to make a few points about the definition of an outbreak. Like Dr. Siedi Bekwesen, there are certain definitions, and it's, the definition is based on the number of cases per population. So there's what we call an alert threshold. Usually the alert threshold is reached when you have three suspected cases per 100,000 population, in a population of 30 to 100,000. So when you get to that alert phase, you are supposed to you know, get things in order, strengthen your surveillance and so on. When you cross 10 cases per 100,000 population, that's when you have an outbreak, what we call an epidemic phase. So until you, you, get, you cross those thresholds, you can't say that you have an outbreak because like we have said, sometimes you have sporadic cases of meningitis. So it's important that we get that definition. So for example, if you have saving 10 cases over four weeks, 10 cases per 100,000 over four weeks, you can't call it an epidemic because this definition is per week. So you must cross this 10 per 100,000 population per week before you can even say that you have an outbreak. The other point that I also want to bring out is that as members of the press, it's really important that we take out the message about um, what you call the case definition. It's important that people get to know if you're having fever, headache, neck pain. These are the broad symptoms that you have for meningitis. So as we are doing this technical briefing, we really implore you to take out the message so that people will know how to suspect. Like was mentioned, 
the initial cases that came up, people, the health um, workers at the periphery were treating for malaria because that's a common condition that we see. So a lot of the initial cases were missed. So as we carry out the message about these um, symptoms to look out for, hopefully more people will get to know and then they'll report earlier to the health facility. They'll get the needed um, diagnostic um, tests that need to be done and then they'll be treated. If they report early, they are treated earlier, they are less likely to have tests. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let me take my turn for peace. that um, or a supposition that 
there's transfer from the patients to health workers. When you employ the normal, what we call barrier nursing techniques, like putting on a nose mask, making sure that you wash your hands and do the things that health workers are, are taught to do. In all the epidemics that we've had, we, have, we don't have any established cases of health workers getting the CSM, you know, getting it transferred to them. So we are confident that um, within reason and the way that the health workers uh, work, then health workers, if they employ the nose mask and the normal uh, barrier nursing methods, then they should not be at risk. And um, so that is, is not an issue. What is at issue is finding the cases early so that they come early and are treated rapidly. Why we've had this number of cases is that, like we've said, and I want to re-emphasize, we were not seeing the cases in the health facilities early enough because they were suspected to be something else. So when they came, they were too late to be saved, and unfortunately, we lost some of them. Now that we are seeing the cases, the higher index of suspicion, the cases will come to the facilities earlier, and they will have a greater chance of survival. Okay, and um, thank you very much. Let me say that um, for like time, um, they have now three cases on the world. I don't have the full details, but a lot of patients have actually been discharged and are home. There's a distinct feature about a district called Sunny West. They have 11 cases all alive. So it tells you that if the index of suspicion is high, fatality is actually near. So that's what we are preaching that people report early and then they will treat them. The, the threat is there because we are in that crisis. The bird flu, what we have now is um, a disease occurring more in the animal. 
for the past, um, let's say, five or six months, there have been several outbreaks of the bird flu in animals, but there has not been any incident in human. So, though there's a chance that you may have it being transferred from animal to human, there's no record of that in, 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 in country. And there's, there's a joint team between the Ministry of Health and then the, the veterinary service who are ensuring that any case of bird flu in animals that occurs, then immediately the health team goes to look at the immediate contacts and then they are screened, they are showing signs and symptoms. And so far, they have never had any bird flu case in humans. So it's purely animal um, cases that we have had. Um, as I said, the, when there's overcrowding, and let's say you are very congested and there's sneezing and coughing, then there's a high likelihood of you getting the infection. So what you need to do, you need to kind of protect yourself. If somebody is sneezing, then I think you need to go for that because if they are blockless, then they cannot travel more than a meter to get you the infection. So when you go to a place, somebody is sneezing too much, I think that you need to go further back. And also we will educate people that when you are sneezing, try and have the cough, the cough etiquette. So that you do not expose people to the, the droplets that may have the infection. Clearly, I think that what we are preaching is that if you have fever, headache, and neck pain, go to a nearest health facility. And now that's a heightened awareness, you'll be tested, and if it's meningitis, it's appropriate antibiotics to take care of you. Thank you very much. I just want to um, say something briefly about this Zika virus. Actually, um, it's been reported in some countries in um, South America and also in North America. Um, it's a disease that's not too much is known about, but it's believed to be a virus that affects um, pregnant women. And so during pregnancy, it can affect the growing child. And usually the children are born with a small head. So it's, it's like a disease like um, rubella, which also affects pregnant women. And, and when the children come up, they have small heads and may have other deformities. So more research is ongoing in this disease, but it's actually not very common. And I believe very soon we'll have more information. Um, I also understand that a vaccine is also in the pipeline. So for now, at least we know that it hasn't really come to our part of the world, but there's a lot of um, research ongoing. So since we are rounding up, I just want to make also a few points. Um, in, this, um, in these cases of meningitis that are being reported, like has been said, the organism is pneumococcal, as opposed to meningococcal. Meningococcal meningitis, that's the commonly what you call the CSM, usually when there's an outbreak, that's when you can organize a vaccination campaign. But for the pneumococcal, what is important is that the cases are identified early and are given antibiotics treatment. Like I mentioned, or as was mentioned, and WHO has been supporting with diagnostic reagents because the, when you have you report to the health facility, a lumbar puncture is done and the fluid is tested. And so with this test, we are able to know that this is pneumococcal and you are given the full course of antibiotics. And once you are treated, you are treated. So it's not like um, you are still infective after you've been treated and discharged. So that's why it's important that the information about the case definition goes out so that people report early and are treated. Thank you. Thank you very much. Before we take the honorable closer remarks, I want to say that is early detection. So we must send a message across 
people should go to hospital when they throw uh, stiff neck, fever, and all that. That was what happened in Bonga Hafu. Not that the health workers did not know. The people got to the hospital late, and there was nothing they could do. That is the message. Thank you very much. So let's get the honorable deputy minister's closer Thank you very much. Sonia, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tony, I think, I think you've actually uh, made, made the, the remarks, and thank you very much for that. Um, just to say thank you um, for coming, for showing such interest in what is going on. Um, I think you are an important, a very important part of our collective fight against meningitis, and we thank you for this interest, and we hope that you will disseminate uh, this information. Quickly on the Zika, I think uh, my colleague from WHO um, said, what needs to be said. We, on our part, have asked the Emergency Operations Center, which is a center that was set up uh, when Ebola um, came into the subregion, to deal especially with these kinds of public uh, health emergencies. So we have that mechanism in, in place. We are going to put out a note with the Ghana Health Service on, on Zika, even though it has not come because of social media. There's a lot of anxiety about it. We know that it started somewhere in the 40s in Africa. It's gone to Southern, uh, South America and, and Latin America. We know it causes uh, microcephaly or small heads for the babies that are born. Even though it's not here, it's causing anxiety. So we'll issue um, some kind of uh, note on it so that people are comfortable and at least know what to, to look out for. It is just like with the meningitis, information is important. So we are urging you to help us to spread the message when we say that there is no cause for alarm, it doesn't mean that there is no problem. There is a challenge. What we're saying is that together with the districts, the region, ourselves, our partners like WHO, we have in place the elements to deal with the issue. Getting the cases to come out early, getting people to have the information so that if they have the symptoms and signs, they can come to hospital early. Once they are treated early, then we can get everything under, under control. Government is doing everything in its power to provide the resources to make sure that this is brought down in the shortest possible time. And we'll urge you to continue to work with us, provide the messaging for this to be snapped out at the earliest possible time. Thank you very much. So thank you very much. Let's send the message across. I know this time around you will be doing a with yourself. We will not be part of the field. We've given enough information. Thank you for coming.